Hi everyone, thank you for listening to From the Friar, this is Ellie. We don't have Leon tonight, our schedules were really opposite the last few days, and then tonight he is hosting a gaming night, so if you hear lots of men yelling, I'm sure something exciting is happening downstairs. (laughs) Because the show is already delayed a day, I didn't want to delay it even more since we will be dropping another podcast tomorrow. It didn't seem fair to delay a show even longer when we're putting out another one. I also would love to have a backup host sometime. None of my friends watch this show. Also, I was thinking I could invite someone from Twitter or a few people from Twitter, but I don't really know how to make that work. So I figured we should not experiment tonight. I'll just do it solo. I hope you don't mind. I will talk about each couple individually at the brunch with the families, and then I'll go over the first day of the honeymoon kind of just as it happened. So today we'll be talking about Married at First Sight, season 14, episode four, Bliss, Brunches, and Brawls, oh my. Alyssa and Chris. I feel like Alyssa will say absolutely anything to turn Chris's words around and blame him for her being uncomfortable. Do I really think she's uncomfortable? No, I think she was going into this purely for the wrong reasons. And when it didn't happen the way she thought it would, she was immediately checked out. Alyssa's constantly talking about how they are fundamentally different. And all I could think of is Zach from last season. Their values, their day-to-day life, their jobs. It. The thing I don't understand is that her and Chris have not talked about any of their values, their core beliefs, at least on camera. So it's really hard for me to take serious when she is repeating over and over again, we're just too different, different values, different lives. That makes no sense. First, we see Chris having brunch with Alyssa's mom and her friend. He told them that Alyssa has concerns and just wants to be friends. This dude was friend zoned on day one of their marriage within hours of saying I do. She's not even willing to give him a chance. It's really interesting to see Alyssa's mom talk about how great Chris is and what a good match they are, considering everything that's going on in the background. Alyssa is meeting with Chris's mom and his friends, and at this point, I realize she is just saying a lot of words without saying anything. There is no meaning behind them. I take it as she views it as a waste of her time, and she'll never see these people again. At first, I was thinking what Chris's friend said about his work schedule and how almost a partner would be second to his job. I thought that might have been a little bit alarming, but at this point, Alyssa's already checked out, so I really can't blame anything his friend said for the status of their relationship right now. This is not a valid red flag because there is no relationship on even a friendship level. In Alyssa's interview during the brunch segment, she said that she's not a private person, but does not want to talk about what happened between her and Chris. I want to talk about this later, so breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs, we'll come back to this thought. Moving on for now, though, to Katina and Elijah Wan. Elijah Wan is meeting with Katina's friends, and I thought this could have gone a lot better than it did. I think Katina's friends were asking very valid and real questions, and I don't think they were out of the ordinary for a unique situation like this. Asking someone their intentions, if they're ready for this, I think that's completely fair and reasonable. When Katina's male friend pushed for better answers, Elijah Wan did not respond well. He says, you think I'm bullshit? Call me out, bro. 
I feel like you could have humbled yourself so much better and would have had a much better reception to what you were trying to get off. I don't think you need to stand your ground and prove what a man you are or anything like this. This is essentially meeting her closest friends. Make a good impression. Say you'll take care of her. It's not hard. I wish he would have humbled himself a bit. Not a lot happened with Katina and Elijah Wan's second mom. She gave Katina a shirt to be Elijah Wan's cheerleader since that was her role for many years, but they didn't get into really tough questions. Katina wasn't insulted by anything. It was a pleasant conversation overall. When Katina and Elijah Wan got together after the brunches, Elijah Wan said he basically got nothing from the conversation from Katina's friends, and that would be a red flag to me. Why weren't you more patient? What do you mean there was no, there was nothing came of it? He said he needed to stand his ground, but again, humble yourself, make a good impression. It matters. Jasmina and Michael. Jasmina's having brunch with Michael's sisters and confirmed that her and Michael did not have sex last night. Jasmina asked a really good question. She asked, what is Michael like when he is angry? His sister said he walks away, calms down, and comes back. Not an awful reaction. I can get behind it. Something that I think ended up weighing a lot on Jasmina's mind was when his sisters explained that he always thinks of the worst outcome in situations to prevent being disappointed. I think we saw an example of that later on in the episode, and I think maybe she was waiting for that to happen because it it did seem to really bother her. Then we have Michael meeting Jasmina's mother. I thought Jasmina's mom asked a really interesting question. She asked Michael, what examples do you have of marriage? When Michael pretty much said he had no examples of marriage, Jasmina's mom said it was concerning. Is that really concerning? I think people can be successful in relationships without necessarily having a perfect mom and dad structure. Good people are good people, and I think if you're a good communicator and you know your boundaries and you are clear about that, I think that can go a really long way. Jasmina's mom is truly terrified for her safety. I can get that. It's a weird situation, but she might be one of the most worried moms we've ever seen. Noi and Steve. Noi's meeting with Steve's parents was super sweet. Noi started crying when she explained how much it meant to her that Steve was excited to wear the traditional Loatian sash. It was very sweet. Everyone seemed very excited to welcome her into the family, and I'm really rooting for them. It was interesting that Steve's dad described him as a vagabond. So I took it as he goes on trips a lot. He doesn't like to settle in one place. But I thought the vacation to Florida and why he's currently unemployed was just kind of a point in his life, I didn't think it was something that happened regularly. So maybe something she should watch for. Steve's meeting with Noi's family was a little bit more intense. We all met Sriracha and saw all of the rapid fire questions. Now, probably editing, but definitely got a harder interview, harder questions than Noi had. He was really vague in one specific question, which I thought was interesting. So he was questioned about his plans for being financially responsible for his future children. Now, I personally would not know how to answer that when I've been married for one day to a stranger. He said, different people have different expectations for what they want out of life. Honestly, that's probably the best that you could say at that time. Unless you have an actual concrete plan, who knows? Lindsay and Mark. This gets exciting later on. 
Lindsay's meeting with the friends went really well. You can tell they really like her. She asked a very important question. She asked how she can be supportive with the mom situation, Mark's mom. And I think that's really nice and special. You can tell Mark really cares about his mom. He wants to take care of her. I think even in his own eyes, he doesn't really know how to take care of her, but he wants to be supportive of her. And I think it's really important for him to have a partner who also wants to be that support. Mark met up with Lindsay's friends and dad, and they gave him a Lindsay survival kit. Very concerning. I think this is the first time we've ever seen in the show's history that a friend is worried that her partner will treat her friend too much like a princess. Specifically, Lindsay's friend says that Mark needs to tell her no more often. Lindsay's dad says that when Lindsay goes off the deep end, that Mark will need to be a lion tamer. Mark looks terrified, and I would be as well. I don't really know what this means, but we get quite an example later, so it seems like this is a regularly occurring thing and all of her friends and family know that this just happens. A lot of self-work to be done there. We see that everyone is going to Puerto Rico. Very fun destination, probably a lot better than last season. No shade against Florida. I have fun there. I'm just saying, if you're going on a honeymoon, I bet people are expecting more from a TV show. Alyssa explains that she's excited to go on this trip and see the other couples and spend time with them. I was really annoyed watching this kind of segment on their first day being in Puerto Rico and how she would try to hang out with the other couples. Girl, don't be a third wheel. These couples want to get to know each other. They are on their honeymoon. They want to enjoy their partner. Get away from them. If you don't want to hang out with Chris, then hang out alone. Don't hang out with the other couples that are just trying to get to know each other and have some romance. When Alyssa and Chris are talking in the hotel room, he says that they should explore local areas. Alyssa responds with, I'm not a big explorer on vacation. When Chris tries to say, well, we can go shopping downtown, he replies with, eh, I like the beach. Chris can literally do no right. No matter what Chris says, it's wrong. Alyssa will use it as a weapon, and he cannot win at this point. A perfect example of this is when Alyssa says that he is trying to yes me to death. Girl, I'm sorry that this man is trying to win you over, to try to make you happy in any capacity. Is that shopping? Is that going exploring? What do you want to do? Should he just be an asshole and say, hey, this is what we're going to do, or hey, I don't give a shit about you? No, he is trying to do what you want. I think in a situation, if the man looked different, if the man was up to her standards, then she would absolutely be eating that shit up. At one point, Alyssa says that he meaning Chris, can do things that he wants to do. Essentially saying, hey, you do you, I'm going to do me, don't bother me. But this girl was just complaining at the brunch about how she doesn't want to be second place in a marriage. But yet, you can't even spend any time on your honeymoon with him. Going back a little bit, we see Lindsay and Mark are refusing to get into the shuttle bus with everyone else. At first, it was super vague. I'm really bummed there was no footage of any of this. I mean, I guess it was self-filming on the plane, but I wish someone caught some of the action on the plane. I wish we caught her talking shit about Elijah Wan's shoes and then the reaction after. Where were the cameras? I would have loved to see this. Now, I do get weird vibes from Elijah Wan. I don't know if he's here for the right reason. I don't know if he's ready for marriage. He has a lot of one-liners that are a bit red flaggy, but whatever. He hasn't done anything like wrong. He is completely in the rights in this situation. Not only does his story match other people's, but Mark even admits that's exactly how it happened. 
He's not sugarcoating anything. That's how it happened. So I don't believe Lindsay's, I guess, view of how things went. Maybe to her, that's really how it happened. But I think to the outside world and those that experienced that confrontation, it's much different than she wants to say it is. She couldn't even at any point in explaining what happened admit she had any fault in it or how her reaction caused Elijah Wan's reaction. That's a huge red flag. It sounds like the flight attendant had to tell her multiple times to speak quietly, to put her mask on, and to basically sit down and chill. During this whole time, she's poking at Elijah Wan. Outside of the airport, she says his shoes look cheap, which... You don't know this man. This is the first time you're meeting this man. Why are you talking to him like this? You're not buddies. You don't know his boundaries. You don't know his sense of humor. Do not come at people like that. When he finally gave her shit back, she could not take it. She said that she was basically scared that, I don't know, was he, she's scared that he was going to hit her? Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. It comes down to, he reacted. She was scared. I don't know why you would talk shit and expect no one to talk shit back, but... And that was it. I don't think anything even really happened. He probably told her to shut up. It's not that big of a deal. I love that Katina was sticking up for Elijah Wan. I'm super protective of Leon. If we were in that same situation, yeah, I'm going to talk mad shit back. I know I've already said it, and I'm, I'm probably just saying the same thing over and over again, but Lindsay is not in the right. You cannot talk shit and then play the victim when you not only started it, but you kept it going. If you keep talking crap and someone is telling you basically to stop or trying to ignore you, those are many warnings to what could eventually turn into a bigger altercation, a bigger scene. If you are talking shit and you're not getting a good vibe back, they're not laughing, just don't. Again, Lindsay didn't take any ownership and her part in this. I do not think Elijah Wan or Katina were wrong in how they acted in any way, shape, or form. Mark really is the MVP of this episode. He not only found a way to walk the line of supporting his wife, making her feel loved, ride or die, taken care of, but also showing he understood that what she did was wrong and explained that to the entire group in the form of not only an apology, but kind of a really good speech and he talked to everyone really well. Now, that's great for Mark. I don't think this compromised his relationship with anyone, but I don't think Lindsay should expect that to smooth everything over. She still has to apologize. She needs to make this right. You can't just send your husband down to make it all better. These are your actions that you need to be held responsible for. Also, apparently I'm just going to say red flag all episode, but Lindsay saying that she thinks she already loves him like 72 hours in is a huge red flag. It, it just seems like a lot. The L word's a big word. Then we see Jasmina and Michael have their first disagreement. And I have to say, I don't think that Michael's view of the situation and what he was trying to say was wrong. Michael was talking about boundaries and how everyone has their own boundaries and how conflict basically will arise. It's a group of people, there will be conflict. Jasmina, I think this is where I say she was probably hung up on what his sister said, going back to expecting the worst, kind of hoping for the best. Jasmina basically says they have to agree to disagree, that she does not go into a situation expecting conflict, and that's not how she lives her life. It didn't seem like they came to a resolution. They kind of just 
gave each other space. So I'm wondering if we're going to revisit this on the next episode. But I don't think that this disagreement, I mean, I'm hesitant to even call it an argument. This disagreement, I don't think is going to have a big impact on their relationship. I think kind of alluding to Michael's point, they're learning each other's boundaries. They're learning each other's personalities and how they deal with situations. And I think she just still had what the sister said stuck in her head. And so it might have just been a red flag for her because she is so positive and optimistic. And I wonder if she's a Sagittarius. I'm gonna look that up later. One of the last scenes of the episode, we see Chris and Alyssa on the balcony of one of their rooms. They're still in separate rooms. So who knows? One of their rooms. She says that she's still not comfortable staying in a room with someone that she doesn't know very well. Breadcrumbs, we'll come back to this. So note this. Chris says that he feels there was never a time where she put in effort. Alyssa says that is not the case. She says there has been nothing but problems since the second they met. There's been nothing but differences in their core values, their beliefs, everyday life, personality, hobbies, and nothing but differences in every way, shape, and form. That's a lot. That's a lot that you're trying to explain for a girl that has already checked out day one. My point is... How does she know his core beliefs, his values, everyday life, his personality, his hobbies, if she says she doesn't know him well, that she is not comfortable being with him? She then does something she does so well, she plays the victim and calls him disrespectful for telling her mom and her friend the truth. This is why I was saying breadcrumbs earlier. Why is this confidential? If she is open and not a private person, she described herself as open and not private. Why is this considered confidential and something that she needs to keep private now? It's an absolute joke when Alyssa says that she hopes that Chris can be respectful because that's all she has given to him and that's what she wants in return. She even has the balls to say that it will take a while for her to build back the trust. I don't even know what to make of this woman. If the man was attractive, but an asshole, would she be happy? I I don't understand. I don't know what she wants. Why did she come on this show? She has presumably seen an episode before, correct? She knows you spend the wedding night with your partner. You go on a honeymoon. You get to know each other. I don't know what she's wanting. Why is she still here? Chris, please treat her the way she treats you. It, she couldn't take it for sure. She gets up and leaves this conversation, as we see her always do. She got up and left at the after show. It, she has no accountability. There was no reason for her to go on this show if she, all she cared about was looks. My final thoughts on the episode are, I still love Noi and Steve. They're great. I'm really excited to see kind of their love grow. Jasmina and Michael, forever rooting for them. I love them. Elijah Wan and Katina, I like them together, but he just gives me weird vibes. I don't know if he's really over the Isaac days. Lindsay and Mark, I think, will have an interesting season. I think I thought they were a good couple. I didn't know what to make of her at first. I thought, yeah, she's kind of loud. She's kind of obnoxious. So is Mark. Eh. But seeing how she played the victim and blamed someone else, it it's absurd. So I don't know if this is something that happens all of the time. If this is... I really don't think it's a one-off. So... I don't think Mark is going to want to spend his life apologizing for his wife's words and actions. So unless she can reel it in a bit, I don't see them making it. 
But hey, if she can work on herself, it might be a really great relationship. Thank you all for listening. I'm sorry it's kind of a short episode this week, but I did want to get it out prior to tomorrow's episodes dropping. So I hope you all have a good weekend. Take care of yourself. Do something good for yourself. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night. Bye.